It's Monday, May 23rd. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Campbell, and Aaron Bewley. Today, we also have Darren Zook on the show, which is cool. Woo! I have no idea what episode number it is, but it's a lot. Thank you all to, to those of you all that reached out and told us how much you missed us because we haven't recorded in like a week and a half or something like that. Anyway, how's it going, y'all? We're back. Good. Going well. Um, went to Great Wolf Lodge. Back. And, uh, and I survived it. Is it awesome? Yeah, dude. I mean, the kids loved it. Pox. Kate, enjoy it. Uh, Kate absolutely loved it. Mav, he sort of, um, just, he just experienced it, I guess, is the best yeah, way I can describe right. it since he's, since he's 10 months old. Uh, but uh, it was, oh, it was good. The only downside was, was that they, uh, they ran out of pina colada mix. So, you know, just, uh, couldn't have more pina colada in general. Apparently, Great Wolf Lodge does. So, uh, you know. If they didn't want the bad press, they should have had more pina colada mix. Right, that dude. Uh, I gotta hand it to them though. Was good. Their food is actually reasonably priced. Yeah, it really, it really wasn't bad, especially if you're going for like the family meals, the pizza and stuff mm-hmm. that they have. I mean, like yep. you know, they're not they're not really you know dragging it through with a rake. It's it's reasonable. It was it was good. I mean, we really enjoyed the time outside of you know also watch the Mavs blow their lead in the hotel room. So that was <laughs> that's the bad part from it. But, <laughs> Uh, but otherwise, it's a good weekend. You know, got my Alienware laptop in, um, which uh, is uh, you know Woo. month and a half later update on the show since that's how long it took <laughs> for me to get it. But it does function, so that's good. But uh, all good things, wow. you know. You got a working laptop, even that's fancy. Well, I mean, it turns on. It's yet to be determined bar, if it's functional the way. the way I need it to be. <laughs> so we'll see. Very nice. Uh, I still don't have a truck. How's that for an update? Neither do Dude, I. We're getting close. We're getting close. You got to get that truck. Like, no kidding. Already had to cancel fast. one camping trip, and uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not real happy about the status of the vehicles ordered, and and of course, uh, ironically, both ordered vehicles went into production within like days of each other, even though they were ordered <laughs> two months apart. Uh, if that gives you any feel for how messed up the entire supply chain is. Very looking at fingers crossed. Any one of them shows up on time, or used car prices stop being me getting raked over coals. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, in other news, maybe a little bit of personal news. Seventy-five percent of the uh, the four of us that are on haven't heard Darren say anything yet, but um, he also is a VMware employee, and so is Tyler. (laughs) And guess what? So am I. Okay. Cool. And, was, and you can all verify this by just looking at VMware's stock price. It went up this morning because Aaron joined the company and started officially today. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying that. That is a fact. For it's jack fact. crap. Status. Um, Mute him. <laughs> I just, as you're going through it, I was like, where's he going with this? I don't think I work for VMware. Maybe Aaron works for VMware. No, Maybe he does. That. Uh, he does not. And right, yeah, right before Finally. the show got started, Darren pointed out the uh, the volume on today's uh, on the stock uh, for VMware. Unbelievable, Ooh, absolutely yeah, unbelievable. Pretty wild. It's yep. up like um, what would you say? What would you say percentage wise that is above normal trading volume? That's like fifteen actually, times as much. It's at least that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was trying to figure That's that out wild. myself. I was trying to find the it's day a heavy average. day. Yeah, it was a real Massive heavy day. I helped. Candle. I helped. I was part of that trading volume. <laughs> were you selling were you buying i did yeah no i i mean i don't have it i didn't have a ton i don't know hold on to it forever uh but yeah i uh a 20 bump on that kind of news that's certainty i couldn't let go so 
sure. snag that one in. Nice. Got more ESPP coming anyway, so I always got got me some VMware love. You know. That oh, that's right. You guys do an ESPP. We do an ESPP. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we do. That. Yeah, you got you got to get used to that whole we thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can so I say else, um, I work with VMware a lot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, SHI okay, is a top VMware partner. Okay. Shiwi. So I'm, I'm just gonna start saying, just gonna start saying we. You can't shy-wee? stop me, anyways. I know. I'm going to the careers website to submit you for some uh, job opportunities right now, Russ. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. People from SHI listen yeah, to this. That's a awkward. This okay. What do we think? Does Does anyone have any opinions they want to share on this? Uh, this bombshell bit of news here with Broadcom. I don't want to go through the bombshell bit of news yet. We got to do today's tech history of today and today's. <sighs> Okay. All right. Here you go. Come uh, on. We're doing it late enough in the day that it's today, right? That's right. Um, <gasps> yeah, I don't like it. So it's yesterday's this today day. Tech history. That's the second. You want yesterday's as well? I'll do them both. I'll do them okay. both. Oh boy. Double. double okay. See if you can remember. So we've talked about both of these. We've we've been doing this show long enough that we've done both of these. I will have yeah. forgotten them both, and I we'll will still guess never wrong know. again. Okay, today's yesterday. <laughs> this is yesterday first. Today's yesterday in tech history. Happy birthday, Pac-Man. What do you think? What year? Oh, man. Pac-Man. Oh, no. 1982. Let's go. <laughs> ah, no, 73. No. I, uh, yeah, I was going to go 70s. Go for it, suckers. Uh, uh, 1974. 1980. Sneaky. Whoa. Oh. 1980. Does that make me the victor? Yes, You're it does. Closest, we're not doing, we're not doing this over. Uh, without going over thing. No, you made that up. That's not a thing. Uh, no, you know what yeah. this is. Tyler doesn't get to make I, up rules that only benefit closest, him. Okay. It's closest to the year. <laughs> I wouldn't have won okay? anyways. This is uh this is bocce ball. This, this is, is horseshoes. This, this is, is hand grenades. This is not hand it grenades. Is. I'm telling you, it the is the price is right. Rookie, no, it's not. <laughs> the price is wrong, Aaron. <laughs> I don't know. Aaron. I knew where you were going with that one. <sighs> yeah, okay. well, I watched it. We all heard it. This day in tech history. Okay, here we go. Here's a little go redemption. Uh, the old world gets connected. May 23rd. You tell me the year. Paris, mm-hmm. France, and Rome, Italy are connected by telephone for the very first time. Oh, oh my goodness. I remember being woefully wrong in this 1893 1847 <laughs> 1865 1903 Russ wins again yes <laughs> oh my goodness this time too. God, this is a good day no asterisks on that one <laughs> 1900s does seem a little bit more realistic when you really think about it does. it it really does but I it's all the same. After after 1920s, everything behind that I mean, might as well be dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So do we want to talk about like GameStop creating an NFT wallet? Or do we want to talk about UST collapsing? Or what do y'all want to talk That's, about? UST collapsing was fascinating. Everyone should go read about that. Really and I can only imagine. It was, it was neat. It's neat. It's neat to watch a technology that had... Obvious potential exploitable flaws just get hand waved over and over again until it was exploited and it catastrophically collapsed. And I feel for the people that got sucked into that, but holy cow, is it kind of my favorite? 
there were some tweets that were like, if you put a million dollars into UST 12 minutes ago, there was like some 12 minute time period where it went from a million, it would, it would have been a million dollars and then it would have been like $136. <laughs> like yeah. that's how fast it collapsed. Insane. Like it well, went down and, 99% in. And what was period. it that the Luna foundation, right? Like they were, they were sending a lot of Bitcoin to, uh exchanges like finance and stuff like that to try to prop it up and i, I forget what the number i think it was like I, thousands i just it was an insane number of yeah. dollars worth of bitcoin intended to prop up uh ust to to avoid you know kind of a what i've got to assume is kind of a bad actor pulling pulling the rug out from underneath but what what was really fascinating to me was understanding the way that USC is a stablecoin and Luna, the you know, kind of the coin that everyone was investing in and that had climbed up in the coin market cap charts and stuff like that, their relationship is is one that like part of how UST was supposed to stay pegged to the dollar, that's the stablecoin part, was that Luna had inflationary levers that that were designed to keep those things in balance. So you you kind of like you you there, the relationship between Luna and UST is is always a UST generates one dollar worth of Luna when it's burned or converted to Luna, and and that inflationary mechanism made it possible under the right circumstances to depeg UST from a dollar value and basically start generating limitless amounts of the Luna coin. Which caused, of course, it to plummet, and then the destabilization caused UST to go even further off base. But people were sitting there thinking, like, "Hey, maybe I can catch this rusty knife on the way down." Like, if Luna was worth $150 a year ago, and it was worth $60 10 minutes ago, it, there's no way it can't be worth a dollar at some point, right? Except that the supply for Luna went from like a couple billion or something like that to like six and a half trillion in 15 minutes. <laughs> no, it will literally never be worth probably a penny. Hold and, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All trust. All I'm hearing here is that it's on sale and we should <laughs> yeah. go all in. <laughs> and we Off know what's, what's horrifying is that, is that People didn't understand that, and and I mean, this is I think still really common in the the crypto <laughs> ecosystem. This YOLO, this is a casino sort of mentality. Is well, it's going to go up, which is a joke that it always goes up, right? Like that meme, I love and I, I stand by it. But As not understanding what caused Luna to go from many dollars, tens of dollars at least at the time, to thousands of pennies. It is so disconnected from reality that it could ever be worth a dollar again. So people people just didn't understand that it lost 99% of its value in an hour and that it could very easily lose 99% of its remaining value again in the next <laughs> hour. And and it, it could indefinitely until whatever I forget the you know programmatic limit is, the Satoshi equivalent's probably, you know, uh, 10 to the negative 15 or something. But it, it's insane how that devolved to just nothing i mean it is complete dust at this point and it is almost certainly unrecoverable as as a project but even if it's not it, if you owned any it, it will always be one of trillions now instead of 
the the many fewer zeros it was before. It, like I said, it was really really interesting to read some about that. Yeah. Well, I don't own any, but I do feel confident that Elon Musk can fix it. So <laughs> he fixes everything. <laughs> Okay. So, Russ, well, well, opinion is time is, is Elon Musk going to fix? No, it only only yeah. ever goes up. Okay, I'm just I'm just Crypto checking. Just doing a temperature baby. check. If this just happened, is, I mean, heard. is it is it a death sign for everything, or is this just a bump in the road? What now? No, give me a break. Bump in the road. Yeah. Just minor one. Yeah, bump we won't even road. remember this bump on the road in like eight That's months. Right. So I've heard. Might, I've heard though that if 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 Elon tweets about it, that'll fix it by default. <laughs> I think it could personally. It might. That's, well, well, is he going to own Twitter when he's on Twitter or not? It's important. Um, oh, that's a good question. Uh, at the end is, of this, does he own Twitter? I I think he still does. Yeah, I think do he you? still does. Yeah. Does Musk? I do. Okay. Do, well, maybe they're let saying me he has to buy it. Do you think I, he'll I own Twitter? How it works. They're saying he has to buy it at this point. Because Help me out. The offer. What, new, what news are we announcing right now? I, yeah, we're uh, kind of all over well, the place no, no. Right. So, well, well, the news—the news that I was going to get into, and the reason I asked the question was uh, it, the all, all of the the chatter about Twitter's bots, right? Like, yeah. Musk obviously is taking pause at how they've collected their data, and he's pushing back on whether or not they have as many monetizable human accounts as they claim. And, and uh, there's wait, obviously on. a public on, kerfuffle now too. You're saying he's pushing back on some data. He didn't do his due diligence ahead of time, which I is mean, right there, right? Like, but yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is 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 he is he like beholden to his offer, even though he may find that out? Like, and, the, and that no, was the question I was going to ask: Does he get Twitter for what the original offer was, or does he find out half of Twitter is bots and pay half as much or less? Where where does it end? The, yeah. Question A, does it end in his pocket? Question B is, does he pay nearly as much as was originally on the table for it if the answer to the first one is yes? Yeah, uh, so everything I've heard, I haven't, I, I don't know how they can force the deal to go through. They cannot. Uh, yeah, okay. That doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It was, it was confusing to me to see that in the news, that he would that his hand would be forced in doing that. Um, mm -hmm. But if it did, then he could potentially get it for less. But I'm so I, I, at this point I'm so far over it that you know I didn't I didn't realize that that's what we were talking about explicitly. What I've seen from the board is is that they will not accept a lower offer. So the impetus here is whether or not they will lower it based off of the offer. Uh, what I think is going to happen, regardless of the bot fiasco, is I do think Musk at the end will own Twitter. Mm. Um, I don't think the price will be lowered. If it is, it will be not significant. I mean, significant is relative. It could be lowered by yeah, you know, yeah. A, bil a billion yeah. or whatever. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it, no, compared fair. to, you know, percent. Right. That's just my that's opinion. That's what I believe for, is no, going to happen. I feel pretty strongly about it. Uh, but no, I don't think there's anything here that is going to force his hand to purchase. I just think that the board is going to try to force his hand to buy at the original offer price, even though they initially said it was too low. Cause you know, mm. this stuff is, there's always, there's always sound fundamentals behind all of this. So that's how the stock market works. How long does it take for, for Twitter to finally come back out and say, Hey, our original numbers, of the number of bots it, that are out there it, are it, horribly it, inaccurate. 
And my bad. That was factor a of ten. Statement. Yeah. Five percent uh, was off by a mere factor of ten. I think it'll be pretty easy. I think it'll be like six months after Musk buys the company and he'll come out and say it himself. <laughs> deleted. Be like, you're all bots. You're all deleted. Twitter's done. Did you guys okay. see? I, this was an interesting little bit of news because I don't see all of his tweets, but I catch occasionally. Um, he tweeted yesterday, day before, something like that, uh, that he's building a legal team and he's trying to get like the U.S.'s yeah. best. Well, actually, I don't know that he said U.S. even. He just said lawyers. He said, send me a bulletized list that yes. makes you look awesome. I'm building a yes. legal team. And the comment that the, I, I thought was really interesting was we will, we will litigate cases that we even might lose if we think we're right. And we will, we will, you know, like settle anything where we're in the wrong, like that. This is the kind of team I'm building. Like, that's it. That was the whole freaking job. Yeah. He said, he said, please <laughs> include links to cases you have tried. That's its own <laughs> right? separate tweet following up. And then he said, looking for hardcore street fighters, <gasps> not hardcore. white shoe lawyers like Perkins <laughs> or Cooley who thrive on corruption, <laughs> period. Space down a little bit. There will be blood, period. Just, uh, I'm oh. assuming this. Okay, so this is clearly Elon who said this. It wasn't mentioned oh, yeah. immediately, but it was a spinoff. But yeah, yeah, only Elon could have said those words and those then done words. so in a tweet <laughs> in a way that would have made it onto here. So yeah, I can. Uh, yes, that sounds like a thing he would do, and I'm happy yeah, he's well, doing it. Mostly is... because great popcorn material. There's okay, but who is managing the inbox for justice at Tesla.com that got thirty three thousand retweets and two hundred and twenty thousand likes? Uh. The irony here is a bot. 6,000 replies. <laughs> bots. <a> bot. <laughs> yeah. Bots. <laughs> I mean, I'm really, so, I, so, I think that's what it is. It's bots. Yeah. Like, that's, there's no other way. Either that or it's unmanaged. It's like, it's one of the two. Like, no, no one's touching it. Or it goes bots. into the abyss. He has no intention of hiring me. <laughs> <laughs> He's just up. messing with everybody. <laughs> he's just, you know, look, he's like that person who sits at a stoplight and wants to do a show of power. And so what they do is the light's red. They scoop forward three feet, and then they just watch every car behind them scoop forward three feet. And they're like, I have all of the power over you. Like, that's what Elon uses Twitter for. Like, that's that's it right there. On point. Yep. Nailed it. Do you, do you honestly think he doesn't know somebody that he can talk to that might have a connection to some powerful lawyers? Do you think he has to go to Twitter to <laughs> say, please so. send three to five bullet points describing evidence of exceptional abilities? This, Come on. This is like need versus want here. This is this is uh, right. most certainly just a desire uh, in his heart to watch the chaos. He's a chaos billionaire. It's great. He's open sourcing his legal team. You don't, you don't always Mm. Uh, yo, you definitely don't always get those. I'm not sure you ever get those, but you know, we'll see. Oh, all right. Being, being the Apple field correspondent for the team, I uh, <laughs> I threw something threw something in the chat. I just thought, thought it was hilarious. So, I mean, I think we talked about the fact that Apple has this now repair program that that you can actually take part in. Um, which I don't know. I don't remember if we talked about that or if it came out when it came out. But anyway. The Verge article, Apple shipped me a 79-pound <laughs> iPhone repair kit to replace or fix a 1.1-ounce battery. That's no awesome. one should do it this way. And, I mean, basically awesome. what it looks like, and, and I, had, I had done a little bit of research into this previously, but what it essentially looks like is Apple is shipping two Pelican cases that apparently appear to be all of the iPhone tools that you could find in the back of an Apple store. 
Um, and and yeah, this is this is their official documented repair process for replacing a battery. Um, and it's, it's incredibly. Uh, this so they is, this is a service this, center it, of some kind, right? No, this no, is a no, 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 no. This this gets shipped this to is your a person? house. If, yes, if you I, want, I love you, this. If you want to replace, oh you want God. to replace Dude, your own battery in your own phone. You have to you have to go online. You order the battery. You you punch in your serial number and say, "Hey, here's the device that that I'm repairing," and they validate the parts and everything that you order. And then you also have to pay a rental fee. Um, I think it's like a awesome. it's like a fifty or sixty dollar rental fee. Um, <laughs> but they authorize your credit card. Yeah, they authorize your credit card for the total amount of right. all of the parts and everything that's going to be required <laughs> to service the device. So your total your total authorization on your card for your I think it's like roughly fifty dollar ish um, battery replacement uh, is thirteen hundred ninety dollars ninety five cents. Yeah, that go. is. Listen, awesome. this is actually yeah. less than I thought it was going to be too. Like I that seems this. like a good deal. Yeah, I, I love I this, kinda, and I need to. I don't even have one, and I'm. I feel like I want this kit. I, I got a you no you do want this kit because you're gonna do all sorts <laughs> of random things for this. But this is why I love this, and I think I think every dad in the world will love this because this is the argument that you have with your kid about why they don't want to do something, but they don't want to listen to you. So you go to the most extreme way possible yes. to illustrate why they don't exactly. by letting them do it, and you go down this path of doing this, and I just. This is, I just love it. I love everything about the, because I feel like if I were running Apple and I had what is as close to unlimited resources as you can basically have on this planet, I would do something like this. And so I just, I respect it and I love every second of it because it just makes me think to myself that my three and a half year old daughter, the next time that she comes up to me and says, I want to do this thing that is going to be absolutely ridiculous that I'm going to present her with an absolutely ridiculous way of doing it and then let her go attempt it. So and I love it. Look Bravo, in the mirror and you're going to say, I am the next Apple. It, dude, right? well, and to me, no, me no, this no, is no, Apple's no, thing. No, let me let me get this. I think this is Apple telling us all that they're our dad is really what I think that this <laughs> is more, more than me you know, saying I'm Apple. At the end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, though, I I did hear recently on another podcast. I don't remember which one it was, but the, uh, one of the guys was a previous Apple repair technician uh, who worked, you know, in the Genius Bars in their stores, and and he said this actually is very similar to the process that Apple requires their own Genius Bar technicians yeah. to go through when they're servicing these devices. So, from Apple's actual service yeah, perspective, you, this is this is all one hundred percent legitimate. Yeah. yeah. You no, just copy is, paste what they were so, doing for their genius bar and say, yeah, we'll just, we'll have to okay, pay for it. Well, the only difference it, though, is that this is all handled by an outside third party uh, yeah. servicing company because yeah. Apple doesn't want to do this themselves. Like yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to have that public image of, Hey, we've got this, this ridiculous repair program, even though it is theirs, but we right, have this but, ridiculous but, repair program with all of this but, equipment that I you've got to get shipped to your house in order for you to repair your own device. And okay, it's not that they wanted to do this. They're here. being forced to do this, right? Right. No, which I love. So, the so here's here's my my counter. This one that was a hilarious uh, metaphor or whatever you want to call that, Russ. And and I think it's great. But um, so so the 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 article, the Verge article that this was from, the one that uh, Darren sh um, shared, sixty nine bucks for the battery, same as you'd pay at the Apple Store. Fifty bucks, forty nine dollars 
to rent the tools for a week. And then, of course, there's the credit card, credit card hold for it. But as, as somebody who's a total dork about disassembling devices and repairing devices on, on his own, which I have done, and generally speaking, would not sign up for because it is freaking awful to, for instance, remove screens from phones and put new ones on. It's a little nerve wracking. There's lots of things that can go wrong. And because there's glue everywhere, if you don't have some of the tools that come in this kit, it doesn't usually go real well. This is awesome. Like yeah. all this, this is, this is the right set of tools to have to actually disassemble this kind of device, which was never really designed to do any of that easily. Screens, main boards, batteries, any of it, it's all sealed up. And for $50, you get legit professional versions to pop this stuff off in the most efficient way possible, which by the way, is not very efficient. I'm sure it's still a lengthy and complicated process, but I think it's freaking cool as all get out. That it's they cool will to ship you, man. this to you well, for fifty dollars. Well, Dude, and, and imagine, not only that, but imagine you're doing it under warranty. Yes, that's like, freaking awesome. It's it's under warranty still, so it's it's just like it's it's basically like taking it to the Apple Store and doing it yourself. Except, oh by the way, you uh, you're doing it. Yeah, you're doing it yourself now, and it's still under warranty when you do it. Unlike when you do it using yeah. you know iFixit or somebody else's parts no, that's to ultimately cool. accomplish the same thing. Is so, anybody going to do Aaron, this? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, dude, you're good. This, that's that's the name I of the game here. Is cutting each other off. Phone, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. I think what Apple's saying here, though, is you don't want this. Like they're showing you I, how much of a joke it is, I, and I, I'm one hundred percent with what Russ was saying. I don't no, think it's a joke. I, I don't think it's a joke I either. I don't. I, I, no, I don't think it's a joke. I think Apple is showing you. They're saying it's it's exactly what Russ was saying, right? And it's how I it's how I have this conversation with my 13 year old daughter, who says, "Hey, I want to do this." you know, insert whatever magical complex thing. And I say, that's great, sweetie. And I present her step one, solve this problem. How are you going to do that? And she's like, oh yeah, that's really difficult, isn't it? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know? And so that's exactly what it is. You have these right to repair laws and people will say, yes, I want to be able to. And what I think the intention from the right to repair law thing was, hey, don't make this so difficult for us to do it. And what they're showing you is, hey, look how, look how fine tuned, you know, look at this absolute specimen of a phone that, that we've done. You don't want this feature, right? If we were to go that other route, it's going to it's gonna be terrible. It's going to look terrible. It's going to function terribly. It's going to be heavier. It's going to be bulkier, whatever. They're showing you the precision of everything that goes into this. I don't think it's a joke either, but I don't but, think but that I, they want I you to do if this. If they were trying to make that point, it wouldn't be ridiculously affordable. I, I think that's what I'm getting at is that for 50 bucks, you can get professional tools to disassemble this and stay in warranty yourself. There's a chunk of the population that's going to do that instead of paying Apple $200 to do the same thing. That's, yeah, and that's and pretty I cool. That's fine. Is that what the all in is? Like if you ship it all back, what's the all in? Oh, I don't even know. I'm just guessing. No, well, it would be, to the person, so, the cost of the battery and $50. No, so no, it would cost yes. upwards of, at the end, it says nope. upwards of $200 just to return the cases to the sender, just in shipping. Oh, you're you're responsible for shipping it back. Does it say that? Uh, wait, it actually, it says yet yeah, Apple offers free shipping both directions with your no, forty nine dollars yeah. rental. It's, it's yeah, forty nine dollars. It's forty nine dollars. This is what? this doesn't okay. feel okay. like all right. uh, This is not bad at all. I don't think this is a great deal, and it's really interesting. What in the world? I think that is this can't it's, be a long term requirement. Yeah, it's yeah. true. How do you it's, sustain it's, that it's, for two hundred dollars? It's, do, it's doing both, right? So it's satisfying. Yeah. The requirement to write to repair, but it's also discouraging anyone who's not Tyler 
from yeah. ordering this to try and replace the battery in your phone. It is literally effectively doing both. Because if it was if it was two thousand dollars to do this, then the regulators would come back and say you've 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 made this like too difficult to do. Like you're flying in the face. This is obviously meant so that people don't do it. Yada yada. So now it's like you've got the people on Tyler's side that say, "Hey, all this stuff for forty nine dollars? Heck yeah, it's great. It satisfies." the DIYers, which are going to be an unbelievably low percentage. And it dissuades the, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say the 99% of people that would never even remotely considering, consider trying to do this themselves. Sure. Once they look at this stuff anyway. So I think, I really think due yeah, to the risk of like losing or breaking here. something here. True. Then, yeah, you can still then, mess this up pretty bad. Exactly. Yeah, no, no doubt, sure. no doubt. And I I think most people are going to shy away from it. And that's a it is a good point. Like this is what it takes. Are you sure you want to repair? I I would like to see phones easier to repair in general, not a, a, an elaborate industrial repair kit. Like give me my pocket. And that's the spirit I've of the been, law. That's that's the right, spirit of the right to repair right. thing. So Apple's just being a jerk again. Got it. Noted. <laughs> right. They're, they're saying no, we're not going to make it easier for you to do this. According to this <laughs> article from The Verge, that's always the case, but that's yeah. besides the point. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about because if you look at it from an engineering perspective, it's, there's usually some thought process around the, the size of the device and why the engineering is as complex as it is. But then you have, this was the case with Ultrabooks for a very long time. And now you have things like the Framework laptop. And Dell, I think, is releasing a laptop similar to the Framework laptop that are thin, light Ultrabooks that have completely modular designs. So it went from just five, six years ago, people said you couldn't make an Ultrabook and have it be easily repairable. And now yeah. you're making Ultrabooks that are un the easiest to repair device I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> to, you know, So it's like, it's more of a like design or want to situation. So if that's the spirit of yeah. the right to repair thing, I think it could be done. You You wonder what sacrifices it would be. I'd be curious to hear the perspective of, you know, we had the the engineer from Dell who makes yeah. uh, the laptops, like the one that I just received, ironically enough. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we had Travis on. Yeah, we had Travis on. Like, I wonder what his perspective about? on. I think so. Yeah. It's to, the heat to think about the, the specifics yeah, yeah. around how difficult it would be to make a device like this modular. I've, of course, he's not. Mm -hmm, you know, right. he doesn't make phones for his living, but he's in this I'm world. Sure he has a, It's like it has good takes on it, though. Yeah, that would be interesting to hear like how doable it is to make the framework version of an iPhone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well and they, didn't they didn't, try that? Google, there was there was yeah, a Google had that project. There was a project. Yeah. Yeah. Project Project Ar Aria, by Google. Aria. There project what? I couldn't I couldn't I remember this yeah. a long time ago, but it, yeah, it was all about modular. Like you'd be able to pop out the camera, pop in a new one, it would all be, you yeah. know, standard interfaces. And and I, I appreciate, you know as an engineer that to make something easy to open, you likely sacrifice some thickness as an example, but right. we also know from experience that it's not that much. We had very thin smartphones that had the thinnest little plastic back that was trivial to pop off. Sometimes they were even metal if you're going for that premium feel. And, and you could just put, apply pressure in the right spots and it pop off and boom, the battery was right there. And it was the same battery pack. It wasn't hardwired in or glued all over the place. Like there are some problems that they just chose to stop allowing easy repair for most certainly because a battery is going to die. It is a, a consumable 
part of the device. And when the battery dies, the phone is dead and you buy a new one. And that's, that's crap. <laughs> yep. Hmm. I, I used to buy tons of batteries. Um, but the reason why I didn't know about Project R is because I hate Google. So screw you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? So, sorry, I'm kind of, I was scrolling through tech meme and saw Meta, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google are positioned to emerge stronger from this downturn. Mm, who would have thought? Uh, so from 2008 to 2010, last major, major downturn, right? If you don't count the beginning of, of COVID and the crash and all that kind of stuff. The companies, yep. those uh, five companies acquired over 100 firms. Yeah. Everybody's so this is in a, sale, this is a New York Times article, flush with They're cash. Smart. Yeah, positioned yep. to emerge from a downturn stronger, more powerful. What it what it smells like here is, you know, this whole, this VMware thing might be the beginning of, of a lot of these little things. I have I no doubt. Like this, it, it, like, that's... Yeah, go ahead. Go for oh, I was just going to say, I mean, that, that was the comment. It's like we're, VMware is on sale right now, but almost everyone else is too. And yeah. VMware used to be a company that was flush with cash that could have taken advantage of this market situation. But that piggy bank was uh, liquidated a couple of times in the last few years. So it is interesting to see this happening. But everybody is on sale. The biggest and baddest with cash in the, in the coffers are going to be able to take full advantage. Hundred percent. I, you know, I've said this for a very long time, maybe longer than even knowing you. It's you, you, you two fellas on here, and Zoku as well. The the smartest companies invest when the market is down, and I don't mean investing in stocks. I mean investing in their business. Crypto. And uh -oh. you know, I'll be completely honest. It's not a plug here, but part of my pitch for coming to SHI, I didn't even originally want to come to SHI, but whenever they I noticed that the division I was coming to was started in 2008 and invested in, in that time frame, And so I just inquired about it and they were like, Oh, that's, that's what Ty does. She takes downturn in market and she invests in the business. And that was a huge leading indicator for me as to what the leadership was like here. So I completely agree. I think the companies that plan to make investments when the downturn happens, because the other headline you're going to see, and there's validity to this as well is Hiring will slow at XYZ company because of, you know, the, the market, which is normal. And you can, yeah. you can slow hiring and still make investments, but you have to, you have to look at those clues as to like good leadership, making investments at the right time when the market is down or money is cheap. Those are the two times to make really good investments. Money isn't as cheap as it once was. It's starting to go up. So still pretty cheap. Down, it, historical it's, figures combined, still very cheap, right? Yeah, well, um, and, and think about that. I mean, that, that's a really good call out too, is that historically speaking, money is still cheap and the market is down right now. Like this, yeah. this is a great time to go buy and leverage, lever to get there, right? Yeah. Have you all seen People all the jokes on social? Have you seen all the jokes on social about like uh, B Spear and B San and B Expert? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I haven't, but that's good. Yeah. A lot of, lot of uh, new naming schemes coming out there for Brocade. Or Broadcom, <laughs> excuse me. Not Brocade. Brocade. Well, they own Brocade too, so it yeah. still works. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what else are we seeing in uh, here? Uh, acquisition front, uh, also related to Apple. Um, I'm going to acquire Apple. So making Good. a bid, going to announce it here. Then SEC you can be everyone's this dad. This is my announcement. That's right. Uh, no, it looks like a lot of video game companies are considering uh, some form of acquisition or getting acquired. Uh, EA is reported, reportedly looking for a buyer and has spoken to Disney, 
Apple and Amazon. And uh, there's a few others that are kind of going through this as well, I noticed. But it was the reason, it, the interesting part about this is like, did you say EA? EA, yeah. So like Electronic Arts, they yeah. make uh, me, Madden and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Sure. When are we getting NCAA back? Now that we have NIL not <clears throat> even closely sorted out, but when are we getting NCAA back? They have to Football. sort the back pay issue. So if they bring NCAA back, they're going to have to pay all of those previous athletes that said that really? suit them to begin with. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's going to be right. some well, that's just an acquisition cast. Okay. <clears throat> I, I agree. Right. I agree with that. Is it was it was in, in my opinion the better of the two franchises. Um, but that's my bias towards the sport. Nonetheless, the uh, so they're looking for a buyer and we're seeing quite a few like buyers kind of moving into the market to buy other companies as well. EA was just an interesting one just because of the the people that they were speaking to, uh, Disney, Apple, and Amazon. Uh, I think it'd be really interesting to see Apple own a gaming company and kind of see where that would go if it moved them into more of that space. We've talked about before, right? Like VR gaming consoles, yeah. stuff like that. They've had speculation yeah. and never done. Uh, but it looks like they don't have any specific... No, no, I don't. I mean, I'm very neutral, I guess, on the opinion about whether or not they were to be acquired. Uh, I think Activision Blizzard, you know, is obviously working through. I think Microsoft is looking into buying them. So I'm wondering if that's motivated. If they went to them saying, hey, one of your chief competitors is looking to buy Activision. Maybe you guys should buy us. I don't know. Yeah. But what I can say is that Electronic Arts has been very consistently rated as like one of the worst companies on the planet. And so has Activision Blizzard, Ooh. like just like genuinely from a perspective or like, yes, like culture, or, uh, people like perspective. Finance. Yeah. Like worst place to work. And like, they just, they've always been, had a very bad brand. Activision does as well. And by extension, Blizzard after getting acquired by Activision, Blizzard previously had a phenomenal reputation. Nonetheless, what's interesting here is like, I'm wondering if after these acquisitions, they become less terrible companies. Because the reality <laughs> is, is they, they really have bad brands. So that's what I'm interested in seeing comes from this. And that's actually why I'm so neutral on it. Because, I mean, as much as obviously I'm a gamer and I love the industry, there's a lot of shady stuff that's gone on in the gaming industry over the years when people try to, it's land grabs and stuff. And just you just get these this bad behavior. So I'll be interested to see if things improve uh, stay the same or get worse, you know, as time goes on. But that was just an interesting bit of uh, acquisition-related news that will be a large dollar amount, I'm sure. I don't see any uh, specific ones mentioned here through some of these bigger mm. players. So, gotcha. But, but once Here's again, people one. trying to make acquisitions in a downtime. Yeah. Speaking of downtime, uh, Amazon, which has too much warehouse capacity, now that pandemic-era shopping has faded which I'm curious y'all's take on that, is looking to sublet at least 10 million square feet across the US, which I was like, okay, that's a ton of square footage. Uh, looked for the percentage of that. It's roughly 2% of their overall warehouse footprint that they're looking to, to sublet. <laughs> they own a ridiculous amount of square footage. 2%. 2%. Wow. 10 million square feet. Uh, wow. Yeah. And I can't oh, argue wow. with their numbers. But do you, do you feel like your y'all's Amazon shopping is lower? Do you feel, I mean, do you feel a pullback on that or I mean, what do you think? No. Oh um, gosh. No. Mine's up like a thousand percent. Yeah. If, if it didn't count, I, I ordered some golf related things to do. need a new bag things. Like, so I ordered quite a bit today, but I actually, I, I would say 
over the last couple months, it actually has been a little lower, um, mostly because I thought I had bought everything that Amazon offered to this point. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have not. I've, I've also been traveling a lot, so I think that's a part of it as well. Just haven't been haven't been using it as much. I, I bought hey. a camper and and modified it a lot. And so, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of Amazon. Very, it's very Amazon heavy. Someone's at my door. I'll be right back. Talk amongst yourselves. What? <laughs> talk yeah. amongst yourselves. <laughs> so talk uh, amongst you yourselves. know what? No, I, don't like I it. refuse. Is it Amazon? Uh, no, I'm not going to talk about Amazon. Um, I <laughs> no, will talk door. about Windows getting hacked. <laughs> Ooh, again? Um, Wait, when? I don't know. So I don't know if it's a big deal, but it is a headline. Yes. Windows. So they did a pwn to own. I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but it's like a. It's like an event that takes place yeah. where you, you know, you go try and hack certain things for bounties effectively. So the companies pay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it basically awesome. was whenever the first day windows 11 um, was hacked multiple times, I think they got, you know, people got paid out like $150,000. It was, it was pretty big stuff. And then on the last day I hacked three more times. So it was definitely pwned several times throughout this, which is not abnormal. I think Ubuntu, Got hit as well. A few others. I can't. I can't. Remember. I don't know all the specifics. I just know that Windows 11 got hammered during this, which is not abnormal. It happens with mm-hmm. fair regularity. But lots of money being paid out. In fact, on the first day, the total payout of the first day, eight hundred thousand um, dollars to hackers. Wow. And ended, ended. Yeah, it was wild. Like, awesome. Yeah. Wait, tons what? of is this stuff a bug going bounty or something. I missed what you said. Yeah, it was, it was uh, pwn to own was going on. That's what that's what this is. And uh, oh, okay. Microsoft got uh, <clears throat> hammered on, on purpose. It's that's the design, right? That's, that's what they're the trying point. to do here. But <laughs> yeah, uh, nonetheless, it was just a fat like Windows 11 got hacked a lot. So it makes me feel super comfortable about all of the Windows 11 devices in my house, uh, including the additional one that I just brought into the house. So trying to keep the family safe over here. More Windows 11. Yay. Uh, but that <laughs> happened. <laughs> Didn't we decide like last time we were on here that we were going to go to a country specific operating system? Who was that? Uh, was that was that China saying that they were going to? It was Russia? Yeah. Sure that's what it was. Was no, it was Russia? Russia doing it? I think it was well or India. Russia was the last one. That was the one that started the conversation. But they weren't alone. It was they were saying. I believe China's doing it as well. well, and it's going to be. I thought yeah. it was China, I, you I it was China saying no more. Yeah, no more operating systems. Was it China? By. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. Yeah, right. I think it was China. Pretty sure it was. Remember yeah. how yeah. I wanted to. Yeah, uh, and then well, we just saw I, bad luck Canada for them is that no Ubuntu got hacked too. So, oh, okay. Canada did. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it happens all the time. Here's here's a here's a misconception that I get all the time from people because so many people know that I use Linux on the daily. And I think you note that you use Linux on the daily. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I say so many people know, not note. Yes, I note oh. it. So therefore they know it. So there we go. Okay. The uh, I, I sign every one of my emails with by the way I use Arch. So by the way. The people will send me articles and they'll be like, hey, did you see that there's this exploit in Linux? I'm like, I didn't, but there's probably a lot more. And they're like, but it's supposed to be secure. And it's like it is secure. It's very secure, actually. Uh, that doesn't mean that it is foolproof <laughs> and has no bugs. Like that is that is not the intent Impenetrable. of like, there. There just seems to be this this idea that I listen that I listen that I use Linux uh, in order to be extremely secure and be or be perfectly secure. That Extreme. is not the case at all. There are vulnerabilities in the Linux kernel. I guarantee you. That's why kernels are risky to sort of live in at times. But 
There's vulnerabilities in all forms of technology. You will always find them, guaranteed. It's the people who are telling you that there are no vulnerabilities that you have to worry about. Not the, not the ones that are saying that, yeah, there are, they're aware of them. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to work out that well for China either, but they're just trying to get more you know, independence of the operating environment, which uh, I respect it. Uh, I'll you know carry that over from the last one to this one. Uh, I'm all for it just to get more... Uh, more support for Linux out there in the wild. Candidly, with web apps in the wild now, it's like you can do almost anything on Linux because so many things are are web apps and we have a lot Mm. of translation layers to run x86 uh, instructions from Windows. So I don't know. It works pretty well as is. I mean, even Apple's doing this right now, right, Zook? It's like they have their they have their arm stuff. They're translating a lot of it. Um, Like I think my Plex, I don't think it's I think it's x86. I don't think it's arm native. Runs fine yep. on the Mac Mini. Yeah. So hey, uh, yeah. So Zook on on my uh, new hire training today, um, somebody was talking about how they had uh, an Intel. They had ordered an M1 instead, but the um, one of the hosts of the um, the conversation. Sorry, I'm just trying to obfuscate this as much as I possibly can. Basically, was saying, "Oh no, you're in luck because a lot of the people that ordered M1s now want to go back to Intel's." Is it? Is there? Is that true? This is somebody like within within the IT department. Uh, is, is this a broad development perspective? That honestly, I don't I don't know the answer to that. I I know that there are some folks internally that do a lot of development work and stuff like that inside of VMware yeah. Fusion. Um, little little plug there for a fantastic virtualization product that runs on the Mac. Um, no, but um, this is not a sales show. Um, but uh, no, I mean there <laughs> are a lot it? of people that. That run that, um, you know, for for development work and otherwise. And so, uh, currently, Windows is not supported, and I believe actually M1 Silicon it's still technically considered tech preview um, from VMware, the the actual mm. VMware Fusion um, bits. So, yeah, I think there are some challenges specifically around that, which could be a reason that some people are looking to go back to Intel. Um, honestly, I have not fired up a Windows VM on my Intel. Uh, MacBook Pro at VMware in probably close to six or eight months. I actually got an email from IT a while back telling me that if I don't fire it up soon, uh, I should just delete it. And so I just delete it. Yeah. Um, okay. But I mean, yeah, I, I think everybody, everybody obviously, you know, has has a different use case, and there are certainly some, I'm sure, who, uh, you know, miss utilizing VMware Fusion on a daily basis. Um, okay. I find that gotcha. if I really need access to Windows, there's other methods. Uh, to do so inside of VMware that um, are far easier. Okay. Um, also, since um, whatever, I don't know, my brain was just kind of focused on what you're doing at work based on that response. Do you, do you want to uh, do you want to have a conversation about what you're into now, what you're doing with uh, with Tanzu and Kubernetes? And I, I mean, I'd love to do a show, an episode that we have upcoming, maybe uh, recounting Cube uh, Ugh, I cannot talk. KubeCon uh, <laughs> yeah. that just happened in Valencia, all this kind of stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, so I, I honestly, um, I'm still very much ramping up. I'm about three weeks into my role um, as the uh, product marketing manager for uh, the Tanzu for Kubernetes operations solution, um, which is uh, kind of a complete uh, runtime story for your environment um, as kind of the infrastructure play to the developer side of things. So developers obviously are looking to move quicker, move faster, 
with you know uh, CI/CD and and everything that goes with you know building your own custom applications inside of your environments. Well, part of that comes with uh, you need access, uh, quick access to infrastructure. And one of the biggest challenges that traditional IT has is providing easy access to that infrastructure with uh, you know everything from Kubernetes dial tone to um, you know, managing multiple Kubernetes infrastructures across public clouds or even private clouds. Um, certainly observability plays into that uh, and, and being able to actually effectively troubleshoot and, you know, uh, address issues on the fly versus doing them, um, you know, the old fashioned way, coming through logs and, and otherwise. Um, and so that's really what Tanzu Kubernetes, or sorry, Tanzu Kubernetes operations is all about, is, is it's really about easing that burden uh, on the the infrastructure folks, uh, as well as giving developers really easy access to the tooling they need uh, to build those applications and, and ultimately deploy them faster. Um, so yeah, it's uh, like I said, I'm still very much in the learning phase, um, but so far it's it's absolutely fantastic and uh, really glad I made the move. Dude, all right. So maybe you know if you can just be on help ask questions and stuff maybe we can bring tim davis on maybe yeah. uh marino um i'm just trying to think of some other people i just i would love to have a conversation around that so maybe yeah, be thinking absolutely. about that and see yeah. who would be good guests to bring on yeah sean odell tim yeah, davis be, uh, i mean uh, all those guys are, are right there yeah yeah absolutely sweet all right how long has this show been should we shut it down we so go? it's been long and yes that brings okay. another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining, everybody. We had a blast. Hope you did, too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for being patient while we waited like a month to record this episode. We'll see you soon. Later.